0: In its rush to show the world how quickly it could get its man, the FBI trampled on my rights as a citizen. In its rush for the headline that the hero was the bomber, the media cared nothing for my feelings as a human being. In their mad rush to fulfill their own personal agendas, the FBI and the media almost destroyed me and my mother. For 88 days, my mother lived a nightmare too. Mom... Thanks for standing by me and believing in me. On the evening of July 27, 1996, at Centennial Olympic Park, I did not set out to be a hero. I set out that night simply to do my job and to do it right. I was then and remain now an individual committed to the principles of law enforcement and the protection of the public. You, the media, were looking too. Your cameras trained on my mother and me. Your cameras and the FBI followed my every move. I felt like a hunted animal, followed constantly, waiting to be killed.
1: Martin Jacob to America is presented by the Good People at the Thought Belly Network.
0: My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the wide A study on the It's called NemoSide. Google it. Google
1: it. Google it. world's coming to an end. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. All the details on the line. We had in our possession.
0: There's an no old saying move, in Tennessee. I know it's Tennessee. 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 Shame on you. Shame on you.
2: Shame on you. you, fool me.
0: you can't get fooled. Fool me. can't get fooled again.
1: Boom. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 222. 222? Uh, yeah. 222 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P, and sitting right across from me is the Brown Recluse, Mr. Art. Art. Say hello to the millions.
2: And millions. What the fuck is going on? I am feeling super hyper right now, because we normally don't record this early, and I literally have coffee here. Mm. I got some caveman coffee. Guys, if you're trying to feel super hyper, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. Um... I, I put a little bit of uh, a, l- a little bit of decap and and uh, caffeine in this one, just a, just a little splice, But dude, the caffeine ones do a lot for me right now. <laughs> it probably wouldn't one, two, affect the average man, but a little bit of caffeine goes a long way for me. But check it out, they got the Nitro Cold Brews. If you're uh, uh, if you're trying to wing yourself off the um, the energy drinks, which I don't recommend drinking energy drinks, but if you're trying to find a healthier alternative to that, check out their Nitro Cold Brews. They are. I assume they're delicious. Yeah, like yeah. If you've had them. Yeah, they're pretty um, good, man.
1: I, I mean, shit. Caveman me Coffee, shit. send us some more, man.
2: What I did have is their uh, hibiscus tea. Oh, man, their hibiscus tea. I love it. It's not for everybody. I know some people are like, eh, I don't know. I fucking love it. I think it's great. I think it's delicious. Um, they got, But but check it out. Check out the entire inventory, guys. It, there's, there's something in there for everybody. And if you don't even like caffeine, if you don't even like taking liquids into your own body... Um, <laughs> just buy some clothes just buy a hat buy some sweatpants take a picture of yourself tag us tag them we appreciate it they appreciate it Uh, and that's it promo code promo code America at checkout to receive 15% off
1: yes there you go so speaking of sponsors guys make sure you check out our other sponsor Guys, the great, the powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has an apparel line. Uh, Sucroapparel.com. Check that out. She's got a whole line of clothing just like Caveman Coffee. And she switches it up. It seems like every season. So she is a fashion nova, if you will. So check that out. Again, my personal favorite shirt that I actually need to (laughs) go on the website and buy and display on uh, the episodes every week is the Witchy Kitty t-shirt, guys. But go there just like Caveman Coffee. She's got something for everybody out there jesus uh, from our spinoff podcast uh, words are hard um you know jesus pretty much has like everything she's ever made like even including like her like notebooks or whatever right so if you love all that apparel uh, just like jesus uh just go ahead and go there and you know buy whatever you want but when you buy something make sure you enter our promo code with com art and jacob and nicole will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase but art we're not here to, you know, harp on coffee, caffeine, and witchy kitties and whatnot. What are we here to talk about this week?
2: We are here to talk about the 1996 Olympic bombing, mm. a topic that you had suggested. Uh, it was probably like two weeks in the making, to be quite <laughs> when honest. When the Olympics started, <laughs> um, but um, it is a topic that I remember vaguely happening, mm-hmm. but I don't remember that much about it. I just remember it happening, like if yeah. like a fucking, you know, pipe burst somewhere, like. I don't remember it I don't remember any of the details. I just remember like seeing it on like T V and thinking mm. like, hmm, that's weird.
1: Then Michael Johnson ran the two hundred and won the gold medal for the you know, United States. Yeah, yeah, that's how I remember it too. Um I'm glad you started with there because uh, for me, like the ninety six Olympics, like that was like to me like that's always been like my Olympics. It was in, you know, our home country. You know, the media was making a big deal about it. Um, McDonald's, like, they had, like, all these, like, super-duper promotions. So, like, I had to get all the fucking Monopoly pieces for the fucking whatever promotion that they were going on with it. So, like, that Olympics, like, I just remember summer vacation, just waking up early.
2: Eat like an an Olympian. Yeah. Seven Big Macs. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> eating the Wheaties or whatever but watching the swimming, watching even the bullshit sports like fucking yeah. handball and equestrian and shit like I even had like the pamphlet that like we got like at lucky's yeah. like at checkout like they, like we were just happy as fuck to have the Olympics back in America because yeah. I think two Olympics ago like America had like protested against like uh, Moscow or something like that and the 92 Olympics, the one that was uh, in Barcelona, I remember only watching it for the Dream Team, so I wasn't as invested in the Olympics. But, like, the 96 Olympics, like, I was there for all the coverage. Like, yeah, fucking, yeah. like, anything that had to do with, like, as soon as, like, that fucking...
2: I, I've, I've never been that into the Olympics, dude. Like, besides, literally, besides the shout-out to the, the women's basketball team and the men's basketball team who both just won gold, oh. I want to shout-out to, you know... Kendrick Perkins and everyone that was posting shit online about <laughs> the U.S. men. This is the, – the thing that – really quickly, just a quick side note on that. I saw so much bullshit, like – Oh, this US men's team isn't that good and like all oh, this bullshit about it. Oh, they lost. This US men's basketball team literally just finished an an NBA season that went much longer due to COVID. It usually ends almost like a month prior to that.
1: Well, the first game they had to play, three of their players 6 hours previously had just finished the last game of the <laughs> season and they had to fly across to Japan. Yeah.
2: With <laughs> no there's no training for this. Other countries were preparing for this shit like months in advance. Yeah. That they, they were just like it was just like, "All right, Kevin Durant, get over here! Like, we gotta get <laughs> it, put a team together really quick." I just thought it was like, you know, a few years ago when they had that redeem team or whatever with oh, like LeBron yeah. and all these guys. Kobe. Like, yeah, it was like um, those dude. There was literally a documentary about their training and their processing to like they had like two months to get ready, and it's like. Yeah, these motherfuckers had, like, six hours to get ready. It was, like, to go win gold. I was, like, every time I saw that shit, I was, like, shut the fuck up. You don't even know what the fuck you guys are talking about. To
1: quote Kevin Durant, this skill is unmatched, baby. (laughs) So, um, shout out to them. But, yeah, the 96 Olympics, like, I was just all in. And then this was, like, the Olympics, too, where it's, like, Dream Team Part 2, where you had fucking Shaq, Penny, Pippen, fucking Kim Lajuan somehow, like, was on there as well, David Robinson. So, I was, like, I was all invested
2: in the 96 Olympics, and Some then, people say that 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 Olympic team was the real dream team, just because uh, if you think of like the the one that most people think, it's like a uh, Magic Johnson was kind of just there. And Larry Berg was like a shell of himself. Like mm. this other team, it was like. Prime Shaq Like everybody was like Prime like Penny
1: before all the Fucking injuries Like fucking uh, Scotty Pippen At this tip top Magoo Like yeah yeah, It didn't have Michael Jordan It didn't have Magic Johnson Or whatever But like it still Had fucking Hitters Fucking Reggie Miller Fucking hitting like Threes from like Full court and shit
2: Literally if Michael Jordan Would have been on this team I think that Hands down This would have been The greatest team Ever assembled
1: Literally it was just Shaq just walking All over Fucking everybody It was fucking amazing But um, with that said a week into fucking the Olympics, um, and it was just a party. I just remember it was just like a party, just nonstop. We were just so glad to have the Olympics back in America, and Atlanta was so happy to have the Olympics because for a while it was just like, all right, L.A., we're gonna give you the Olympics again. Like L.A., yeah. like it's gonna, I think they're gonna have their fourth Olympics, um, two Olympics from now. Uh, but before that, it was always like, all right, New York, L.A., Chicago. Like it was just like the you know, just the big cities that were getting it. And I remember listening to a podcast that was based in Atlanta. And they were like, we were so happy to have the Olympics this year just because Atlanta is not known for winning anything. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, their football team, you know, they'll get to the Super Bowl and lose. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, you know, yeah, they got one World Series, I believe. But for the most part, suck. The Hawks suck. Like, they, just, it's, just like a t- it's just a city that's just, like, so used to, like, losing, like, in sports. So for them to get the Olympics – was like a very big deal. It was like winning the Super Bowl, world series and the NBA championships all in one, just because it's just like, Oh wow, this is going to be great for our city. And I just remember just, just the hype around that was just like one continuous party.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't remember that much about, about the, like the, the, the Olympics to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I, even this Olympics, I basically just follow the, the men's and women's basketball teams and that's really about it. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it is the spectacle of it. I'm always surprised that, you know, Atlanta, a lot of people don't know this, but Atlanta actually has like the biggest, the most amount of air traffic, mm-hmm. um, like their airport carries the most amount of air traffic compared to anywhere else in the world. I think, I think anywhere else in the world, which I think is weird, maybe because it's most, up
1: there. I do know that.
2: Yeah. I think it's because it's kind of in the middle of the country and they have a very mm-hmm. large airport and it can kind of like you know, redirect flights elsewhere. it could be that, but, um, but Atlanta was definitely built to handle something like this. And, mm-hmm. um,
1: and then like even like like I was saying, like with bullshit sports, like, you know, with, like rowing and sailing and shit. Like they have like the fucking geography for it, you know, to be like it, and it's not always just in Atlanta. It'll be like somewhere in Georgia where it's just like here's like
2: Atlanta adjacent
1: Kakawaka Waka or whatever. And yeah. like, you know, they'll do it like out there. And, you know, like just like they just had the facilities. Yes, they had the football, the soccer. Like it was already there. We're just like in Athens where they had to b- build basically everything from the ground up to get it. Or it's just, like, Atlanta's like, yo, we already got the fucking Superdome. Like, come through.
2: Yeah, no, I absolutely. You know, we also have to think about where we were in the 90s at this time. Like, you know, there was the Oklahoma City bombing, which mm-hmm. just had happened. And, like, the... Um, oh, Unabomber. The, the Unabomber was very much a thing. And the, they were trying to... they that bombing that happened in the World Trade Center where they put a van in, in the basement or something like that. Yeah, and the 93
1: World Trade Center.
2: Yeah, I mean, the United States was in a in a strange place, um, you know, coming off of the, the, the Reagan years and the Reaganomics and, like, all, that whole thing. We had Michael Crane kind of touched on it a little bit in the last episode where he uh, talked about how there was a little bit of, like, American disillusion happening mm-hmm. around the late 80s, early 90s. And I think that's why a lot of people were very much on the, the Clinton train. Like, he was, you know, the young, hip president. And like
1: Played saxophone on Arsenio Hall.
2: Yeah, and like, I think that that's kind of where, you know, there was a little bit of an upswing. Like, for the first time in, in a couple of years, I think the United States was feeling a little bit of an upswing. We got the new hot president playing saxophone, and we're getting the Olympics. And, getting
1: his dick sucked by Elizabeth Hurley and shit.
2: Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Who is
1: look her up she's fine as foot. Up. Uh, even now at like 50 years old she's mm, still a dying i peace. believe it um but yeah but with that upswing you know there's also a fucking reaction to it you know this is where you get like you said like with the timothy mcveigh's who are very much against you know what was happening where it's just like they're pushing the gay agenda they're they're making homosexuals equal to everybody else and abortion like who wants that you know and it's just like you had all of that, like they're, they're raping children and draining their blood for their adrenochrome. This is like where this starts to like take place. So you very much get like that reaction to the new regime that's coming in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of been the the ongoing thing. That something like this, a bombing at the Olympics. Imagine if a bombing. If it, imagine this is happening today, present day America, and we had instead of it being in in uh, in uh, where is it, Japan? Tokyo. Tokyo? <laughs> yeah, If bad. it, it uh, if it was in Atlanta again, right, and somebody mm. bombed it again, and that was the reason, like, they were like, oh, I'm pro, like, they're trying to take our guns. Right. Yeah, yeah, we need to put uh, fucking Trump back in office. Like, literally, that's the only other phrase that you could add to this whole thing to, <laughs> to make it more modern. If that happened today, that would be, like, world, like, fucking shattering news, and, mm. like, it'd be all over the place. The fact that it happened, and it was... I barely remember this happening. Like, mm-hmm. I barely remember. I, I honestly found th- the events of the bombing more interesting. Even now, the events of the bombing were more interesting than the dude that did the bombing. Like, yeah. the dude that did the bombing was just like, oh, some other, fucking, some other fucking proud boy kind of thing. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Another dude, yeah. yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into what happened. So, week into the Olympics. So, the Olympics are a two-week affair. Uh, They had this uh, Centennial uh, Park, which was, you know, this was the 100th Olympiad. And so, like I said, everything was a party. And uh, the Centennial Park was basically park where it's just like hey like you know the javelin is already done for the day but if you want to keep the olympic party alive like we're all gonna like you know convene on this like town square this like makeshift town square and you know they would have bands play they would have like you know you know just random st- like entertainment just go on through like 24 hours a day right and so this band um jack mack and the heart attack
2: yeah i remember not th- thinking that was ironic
1: yeah which we'll know in a couple minutes uh was playing a set and um, you know, to the point you were saying with like everything going on in America at this time, uh, this at this time a pre nine eleven America, this was like the most secure, uh, most security was hired, the most money spent on security in Olympic history. You know, they didn't want to have a repeat of Moscow, where I believe no, it wasn't Moscow, I believe, but it was one Olympics, Munich, like- Munich. Where you know the the Jewish team was like you know taken and great movie
2: by the way if you have not seen the movie Munich watch it it's amazing yes and so they didn't want one of those things to happen
1: in eighty four something similar happened like in the L A. Uh, one of the L.A. Olympics uh, where, you know, something happened and, you know, it's just like they didn't want to have that smear like, all right, we won the Olympics again. We don't want anything to happen. So they hired all these the security. They have all like the ATF, like the the GBI, like all sorts of like fucking, you know, law enforcement agencies, as well as like, you know, temp temporary uh, security guards, you know, like, you know, watching the pr- uh, perimeter or whatever. Right. So, um, and here enter one of our main characters to this story, Richard Jewell. Uh, Richard Jewell, you know, he was a hired, you know, security guard. Basically, I hate to say this, but it's only fitting. Like, he's basically, you know, Paul Blart. Mall Dude, crop. I thought
2: the same thing. The funny thing about this is, um, of these <laughs> events, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clint Eastwood, it, like, made a movie or is making a movie or whatever. Like, I think it might already be out. But, um yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, as he, as I was listening to that, I was like, dude, they should just get the Paul Blart guy to play this guy. <laughs> like, he looks so close to Kevin what, James. Kevin James, yeah. Yeah. They got someone else. They got, like, Ben Affleck to gain, like, 70 pounds or something.
1: <laughs> Christian Bale is <laughs> just like, all right, you're going to eat nothing but pancakes yeah. 24-7 or whatever, right? So, I mean, Richard Drew, I don't mean to – don't please don't pat him on McCordus, guys. Um, but, yeah, he's very much – He's very, he just seems like that guy that, you know – I guess he's 33, like, when all these events happen. He's living with his mom. Um, he looks more like he's, like, 53. Like, it's uh, very
2: much like, I mean. Well, you you got to have, like, a little bit of context to his background. <laughs> like, he was pr- previously, he was a, kind of a, a campus security person police officer or something yeah like piedmont college yeah like he was technically only a police officer on campus like the minute you're off campus you're no longer an authority figure Mm. Um, but he would always do all this shit where he would try to pull cars over like off off like adjacent streets and things like that
1: the the speed limit's 40 you're doing
2: 41 like i gotta write you a ticket i need you to spread them fellow yeah and like they kept catching him doing that shit like they were like hey man like you can't do that you're not an actual police officer you're literally just like a and an fucking Boy Scout in training here on the <laughs> campus, like he did count as, as as a police officer on campus, like. But I guess it, I don't know. It's something jurisdiction, weird. Yeah. yeah. Like it was something really weird. I, I don't really understand it. Maybe the campus was that big that they had their own like little police force mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, it, it was. He wasn't an actual police officer. Um, and uh, you know, he kept getting in trouble. He had lost his job over that thing, and like. It, you know, he had built up this reputation as being that guy. He got multiple warnings about please do not do this, please do not arrest people, please do not issue citations off campus, like you're not an actual police officer, you yeah. can't do that. Um, so it basically tarnished his reputation mm-hmm. leading up to this to this whole thing. He was kind of in a he was kind of in a jam, and he was trying to like find new opportunities in his career and is like wanting to be a police officer. He still had dreams you know, and ambitions dreams yeah. and ambitions of, of being an actual police officer um this opportunity arose when the olympics came and he's like oh i'll be a security guard for a few months i'll let me like work on myself and do 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 myself do do the jewel man himself uh, do me favorite. man this will be like my yeah. stella
1: got my groove back or whatever yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah um which you know i was as i was listening to it, i was like yeah that makes sense like he you know like you know that's a pretty cool gig. Like that—that mm-hmm. that seems like the one in a lifetime opportunity. If you're into law enforcement, like and, and you know the Olympics are coming to town.
1: Yeah, I fucking secured Jack Mack in the heart attack.
2: Yeah, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Grammy it, award-winning Jack Mack and the they—they won a Grammy. They won a Latin Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> with their collaboration with fucking Mark Anthony, <laughs> and like, shit. here's Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> chicken bom, bomb bomb they're the background band to his live <laughs> band yeah you didn't know that he, he's he's there they're, they yeah, are the his backing know. band. No, nah, i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't know anything about that band
1: no i don't either I, I i i meant to throughout the week to like check out their music but i had no fucking inclination to do so but anyways everybody was jamming everybody, everybody was partying having a good old time or whatever and manhunt the series on uh, uh netflix mm-hmm. they do a whole uh you know a whole thing about this like eight part fucking mini series on this whole topic uh but they they illustrate it very perfectly where it's just like he's like you know going around doing the most right he's doing like what he did like at piedmont college you know he's he's checking the sound tower and like the sound tower guys like dude you gotta get the fuck out of here you can't be up here he's like well i just thought it was pretty hot for you guys so i bought you some waters and i just wanted to survey you know from the crow's nest to make sure everything was going on was good And, like, he, like, zeroed in, like, on these, like, kids, like, you know, like, littering, like, in the park or whatever at a concert. And he goes down there, like, with his, like, if he had a Segway, he would, you know, like, Paul Mm -hmm. Blart or whatever. You know, with Shimmy's on down there and he's like, hey, fellas, you guys can't be fucking uh, littering in my park. You better pick that shit up. And, you know, they call him, like, a fucking... uh, uh, fucking ran a cop or whatever and humiliate him and whatnot and then like the FBI guys and the GBI and the fucking ATF and the sheriff and the J- Atlanta Police Department are all like laughing at him because you know he's like Lieutenant Doofy or whatever right he's just mm-hmm. he's doing the most right and so he notices you know once you know he gets them to move along or whatever right uh, he notices like a backpack um, underneath one of the benches that you know they were partying on and he's like hey fellers, you left your backpack there and then like all the guys are just like no we got our stuff like you know, that's not sh- that's not our shit. Right. And so he goes and he alerts. I believe it's like the Georgia Bureau of, Bureau 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 of Investigations Um, uh, guys. He asked them, he's like, hey, like there's a suspicious package there. And he's like, dude. We get suspicious packages all the time, dude. It's the fucking Olympics. All that's probably in there is fucking condoms and fucking beer cans or whatever. And he's like, "No, I gotta follow my training to a T." Uh, we mm-hmm. need to we need to get an authority figure to go in here and check this shit out because you know it might be it might be you know a potential bomb or something like that. And the guy's like, "Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, oh, we'll have somebody check it out." So they call the ATF in. They have one of their guys go in, and they're like, oh, it's probably just, like, some titty magazines or whatever, right? And so the guy, he goes in there. He's looking around, you know, does the whole mirror thing or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden he sees, like, an alarm clock and, like, all these, like, the, 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 like a very stereotypical bomb, like, you know, from, like, back in the day, like, 1922 skadoo shit or whatever, right? And the way, like, Richard Jewell, like, um, explains it later on to CNN is, like, he just freezes up. And, like, does, like, a fucking, like, belly roll, like, out of there. And, like, alerts, like, dude, we need to get everybody out of this park now.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I I think that that, that was great acting. Uh, not great. Great. Um, storytelling? No, not, not great storytelling. <laughs> uh, just, just great reaction from, from his part. Mm. I, I do think that the average Joe would have probably been like, all right, let's just put it in Lost and Found. Yeah. Which... You know, once we get a little further down the line, I, I would like to just put a pin on this moment here and the location of the backpack, because I, I do think it's weird, Um but but um, but his reaction to it is really good, and, you know, he didn't even know this. Nobody knew this at the time, but I don't know if you like to bring it up, but a phone call had been mm-hmm. placed, like, 20 minutes prior to this, saying there's a bomb at the Olympic Village, and, like, you i don't know what else but it was basically like that phone call took him like forever to solve like okay so whose jurisdiction is this like wait i don't have a location for that i I what's the address yeah that was a big thing like like, we don't have an address for it and he's
1: like i i don't know there's a fucking bomb there like but you guys like i'm giving you a fucking heads up like the actual bomber
2: yeah um dude it kind of reminded me a little bit of zodiac where they're like they can't like oh that's your 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 jurisdiction i can't do nothing there yeah it was a little bit of that, and it was kind of sad. I, I hope that I'm sure. I'm sure uh, police departments have like better better planning than they than they did back then, mm-hmm. but it was fucking sloppy as hell. Like that the fucking rent the cop was a dude that like yeah had to come up with a game plan.
1: You had all the tip top magoo of law enforcement, but it was Paul Blart that fucking saved the day and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, like like Art was saying, like the nine one one call came in by the actual bomber, who uh you know was basically like letting him know, like Zodiac, who like fucking you know let him know about the fucking murders and whatnot. Uh, it takes forever for that call to even to get to anybody down there. By that time, uh, the call gets there, it was too late because as soon as they start you know escorting people out of the premises, you know, and people weren't wanting to leave, you know, they didn't want to listen to Paul Blart like, "Hey, you need to get the fuck out of here." And he was like, uh, you know, and the the ATF guys were like, hey, don't cause a scene. We don't want people getting trampled, but everybody needs to leave, you know, and even Mac Jack or whatever, they were still playing like the, one of their fucking Latin Grammy hits or whatever, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, they were,
2: they were trying to get everyone were, to they leave. They were just about to play Mambo Number 5 too. Fuck, like, dude, I wouldn't leave ladies either. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. Oh, no, no, hold on. <laughs> just let the bomb go then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh you know and again manhunt does a perfect job of illustrating it like the sound guys are like well i need to go back up there to get my car keys and he's like no sir you need to leave now this is a bit this is gonna be very 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 bad for you and then all of a sudden boom like this this nail bomb goes off uh injures 111 people uh, two people die. One person directly, um, an Alice Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, the way they describe it, it was just like a nail, a carpenter's nail, like these three-inch carpenter nails, goes like right through her skull, kills her immediately. And then yeah. I believe there was like a Turkish uh, cameraman who was like running towards the explosion. Uh, he dies of a heart attack coincidentally enough, you know, at the Mac Jack and the Heart Attack fucking concert or whatever. Uh, he dies of a heart attack running towards there to try to get the scoop on the story. And um, that guy, like, too, like, is interesting. Like, he had gone, like, through, like, war and torn, like, Iraq and Kuwait and, like, all these, like, crazy-ass places, like, in Palestine, but died at a fucking Mac Jack concert or whatever, right? Just carnage just all over the place because it was this pipe bomb, you know, full of these, like, three-inch nails, uh, and it had, like, these, like, metal plates that directionalized it to, like, hit, like, certain, like, you know, places, like, within, like, this Olympic village.
2: So... I mean I guess I guess you know just to, to just to do a little more of a speed run I hate to do a speed run on this one but uh, so you bring up the, the the strap knolls and you bring up the 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 whole bombing thing and that whole thing and like there's nails and and all kinds of things uh, the guy who later down the line will find out that it was uh, a a different gentleman that's not has been spoken about yet but uh, he claims that his game plan was to take out the, the like, the, the power grid or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that and, like, black out the Olympic Village as, a like, an egg on the face of the United States type of thing. And and so, as, you know, I, I'm not, like, a bomb expert, but I know what a pipe bomb is. And the fact that they're added, he added so much, like, shrapnel and, like, nails and, like, whatever he could find, like, that is only, that, that is not going to affect a power grid. That is only there to, like, harm people. Mm-hmm. And the dude later on has like this whole, like, oh, this like self righteous message about like how he doesn't believe in abortion and all this stuff. And he doesn't want to hurt people the way the United States hurts people. And I, I, as I was thinking that, I was like, why the fuck did you add all these fucking nails and like <laughs> yeah. shrapnel and all this shit? And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, I always hate that stupid bullshit, yeah, like trying to be Captain America. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. So, anyways, um, you know, after the fact, you know, and all the first responders come and clean up the scene or whatever. Right. Of course, this is going to be big news covers. Right. So, you know, CNN, all these places, you know, they're talking about like how they discovered the bomb and whatnot. And Richard Jewell, he just goes home for the day. Right. Like he's he's just proud of the fact that like he was able to save more lives. You know, unfortunately two people, you know, died uh, because of this, but he was just, you know, because content with just doing his job. Right. He wasn't trying to, you know, do anything else than that uh, goes home. And then all of a sudden, the next morning, uh, somebody from his uh, job, uh, from AT&T, so he was hired by ATT to, you know, do security or whatever. Their PR person shows up at his door and was like, dude, are you the guy that fucking, like, spotted this package? He's like, yeah, I was just doing my job, and, you know, I just wanted to make sure, you know, everybody was safe, you know. And he was, like, shooken up, of course, because he saw, like, all sorts of, you know, carnage and a lot of, like, the, you know, fe- his fellow police force, you know, you know in-, in shambles and whatnot. Yeah and so he's like dude no this is a great opportunity for our company we're gonna set you up with cnn in like 15 minutes like i got a fresh shirt for you to put on like like let's let's go and his mom's like wait wait what happened and like you know the pr guy has to explain to his mom like yeah he basically saved the fucking olympics right he saved like a hundred if not thousands of people's lives and so she's like what what why did you mention this to me like i would have made you a bigger breakfast if <laughs> 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 this was if i knew that case i thought you were just a loser and so um You know, the show actually, Manhunt, does another excellent job of showcasing this. Um, But, you know, you do see the actual uh, coverage of him on CNN. He's sweating. Like, he's, he's overwhelmed, like... He's probably got some PTSD because, you know, he just saw fucking 112 people fucking get, like, fucking slaughtered by this fucking L-bomb. And now all of a sudden, like, you're on national fucking TV and shit with Wolf Blitzer and shit, like, having to recap this. So he's, like, hyperventilating. He's sweating or whatever. And he's, like, answering questions. Like, his name was, like, Forrest Gump or Sling Blade or whatever. Uh And fucking, you know, they're asking him questions. He's fumbling over his words and whatnot. But they're like, hey, dude, you're a fucking hero. And they even schedule, like, a meeting with him with Bill Clinton.
2: You know, to, like, shake his hand and be like, hey,
1: congratulations, son. Dude, that's
2: a great Bill Clinton impersonation. (laughs) I'm surprised you waited till episode (laughs) 222 to to actually pull out the Bill Clinton.
1: I've been working on it, sir. (laughs) Uh,
2: But anyways, yeah. Uh, Episode 223, uh, Bill
0: Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Did not have sexual relations. That is
2: a great Bill Clinton (laughs) impersonation. Yeah, I mean, at this point... He is kind of viewed as, as a media darling, I think. You mm-hmm. know, initial reaction is like, wow, this guy saved a miracle, man. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's a true patriot. Um, <laughs> um, and, like, as as time progresses, you know, this is kind of where things get a little bit muddy because mm-hmm. there is a, a... Do you have the reporter's name, the one that, like... there's I, a, It's a woman's name. I can't remember her name. I
1: don't have the actual woman's name, but I do know it's with the magazine or the newspaper, right?
2: It, yeah, so... I. I can't remember her name. I wish I would have written it down. But she is described as a um, be the first, not be the best type reporter. (laughs) And I always think that that's what? Why would you want to do that? But anyways, she has a hookup with the FBI. She has like all these like little details and she's like she would often go take her people out to like get drunk with her and find out information about what's going on. So she has somebody in the FBI and the FBI just says – just kind of in passing says, like, hey, you know, um, uh, Richard Jewell, he's kind of, uh, he's he's not just the hero. We're also kind of looking into him potentially being the bomber. Mm-hmm. Um at this point, she kind of flips her shit. And, and, she, and to put a pin on that real quick, like, with the,
1: initially with the FBI, you got to look at everybody as a suspect, right? Yeah. Until, like, you, you vet all your sources. So he's very much like, he, if he's a suspect at this point, he's very much, like, a thousandth on the list or whatever. But to your point, she she hears that and she hears, like, reporting gold. Yeah,
2: and she tells this this uh, source, like, hey, um... I'm not going to run it. I'm not going to run it right now cuz they're like, "Dude, don't run it cuz it's like it's not official that yeah. you know he's even a suspect yet." Yeah. But she says like if I find another source that says like, "Hey, we're also looking into him," then I'm going to run it. It's official, I'm going to run it. So, I guess she finds another source and they run it. It's full-blown media like everyone's copying and pasting their fucking Facebook mm-hmm. sources. And she <laughs>
1: works with like the Atlanta Journal Constitution.
2: Yeah. So, everybody at this point fucking wolf blitzer like young wolf <laughs> blitzers out there doing it um at this point did she, he he's doing the sit down in infor- from uh, sit down interview with katie Couric. um uh, which by the way i always think like C- katie Couric uh has an interview with little wayne <laughs> oh i've seen this <laughs> where, yeah where he's always like uh miss katie Couric. yeah like he keeps calling her that i was like dude what are you, why are you talking like that like is, are you trying to sound polite are you trying to sound educated like He's sound fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyways, I always think it's a funny interview because I would never heard someone call him like "now Miss Katie, Miss Katie Carrick." Uh, excuse me, like math speak, Miss Katie Carrick. Like, Dude, <laughs> Why are you talking like you're a four year old boy? <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, um, so he sits down the Katie Carrick interview and it kind of paints him in a bad light, uh, just because, and he didn't really want to do it to begin with. No. He's like, I'm not a public speaker. I'm kind of a quiet like introvert introvert kind of guy and he didn't want to do it they talked him into doing it he does it and basically people were like yeah he looks fucking shady yeah (laughs) and like and i first of all like yeah there is the court of public opinion i do think that you know forensic science and like all kinds of science uh, has come a long way but like um what is that science where people just read on like people's cues or whatever Oh, yeah. I, I don't know the
1: exact name of it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Like that, if if you're ever in a jam and they use that against you, just remember the fact that that is not a proven science, so don't ever listen to a police officer. Also have a have a lawyer Warrior. with you at all the time. <laughs> Make sure you don't self-incriminate. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I I remember, I remember hearing that, and I was like, dude, this is like so much bullshit that we're just putting this guy through like mm-hmm. – through hell because he looks guilty. Yeah. And
1: they were looking for a lone wolf suspect or whatever. Yeah. And that very much, he very much fit the profile. Like I was saying, like he lives at home with his mom. Like he just recently lost like his dream job of being labeled as a police officer or whatnot. He's kind of weird. And then they show like a photo too of him. Like, like he, I mean, he's in, the, he's from the South. You know, he's a good old ball. He likes to hunt or whatever. Don't yeah. take away my constitutional rights, yeah. fucking Biden. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know it shows them, and it shows him wearing what was called an Alice pack. Now that that was, uh, it's like a military. It's kind of like what Cyclops or fucking, uh, you know, uh, what's his name from the X Men, like well, all of the X Men, really. Like they wear, like it's like a sash. Oh yeah, like, with like yeah, all, yeah. all these Cyclops, where like, is that? Yeah, so Cyclops. Does, uh, Morph,
2: uh, wears it? Cable, I believe, where is it? But anyways, like if, look at it, Gambit like a bit, where something. So. Does he Gambit? Actually, Gambit wears that weird thing on his head. That's never yeah. really explain why he's wearing that. But. Yeah, I don't
1: get that either. Yeah, I've always wondered that. Yeah. Episode two twenty three. Why does Gambit wear that weird <laughs> shit on his head? What is that? Yeah. What's that about? Um, but anyways, like he's wearing this Alice pack. It's like this this military. Uh, it's it's to carry like ammo and other shit or whatever. But he's wearing that, which is also what you know was found. That that was the bag that had the bomb in it and whatnot. So they're like, oh, that was there. We go. We got him right there. He's wearing an Alice pack, and it's just like. Okay, yeah, I get you. There's not not a lot of people out there wearing like a fucking Alice, not wearing Cyclops's fucking belt or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, but like if you're a hunter, like that's very much it's very a uh, useful tool. So they they use that as justification to speed up the vetting processes. Him as a suspect or an unofficial person of interest.
2: Yeah, I mean, all kinds of bullshit is getting like n- not used, not not used appropriately i guess and it's just yeah that's this is adding up kind of thing like it, it almost just thinks that like like these seem like amateur police officers and they're just kind of like the fbi yeah, yeah yeah you would think that this would be small town like middle of nowhere like my making a murderer type of thing like Andy if you, griffith's
1: bullshit yeah. yeah
2: like have you ever watched that making a murder documentary the police force that's there it's like um, you know, like, Wisconsin, where, like, mm-hmm. the Packers are all Packer fans, and they're all, like, doing dumb shit up there. Yeah. cake <laughs> stands. Like, they're yeah. all like, man, we got to hurry this up because I got a cake stand at 4 <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> you schedule your cake cake stands? Uh, hell yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm this a respons- is Wisconsin, baby. I'm a responsible adult, motherfucker. <laughs> you got to schedule that shit. And I got a baptism at 6 o'clock, so. <laughs> got to praise shit. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's not that, this is the FBI. Anyways, at this point, it's very much, you know, public news that he is very much viewed as a suspect. Mm -hmm. He did his interview with Katie Couric.
1: And I want to point this out, too. Um. The these agencies were under extreme pressure to get somebody out there because, like, the the mayor of Atlanta, he was pissed that this happened. He, he was saying, like, oh, you guys failed us. Like, we, we gave uh, so much of our resources to help, you know, something like this from not happening. You mentioned Munich in 84, you know, at the L.A. Olympics. There was something that happened similar to this, which, you know, they went off of, uh, like, almost to a T, you know, like, their yeah. whole profile of it. And they're just like, you guys, we, we need a suspect on TV, you know, right now. So, like, Richard Jewell was just convenient. It was just like, well, this is the guy we're going to put out there so that way we can we can, we can can put a nice bow on it or whatever. Like, yeah. hey, we, we caught the guy or whatever that fucking tried to ruin our Olympics and shit. And so, like, that's, to me, like, a big part of it. Like, they were under pressure to get, like, a beginning and end to this investigation, like, literally, like, within a week before the Olympics ended.
2: Yeah, no, I think they they wanted their man, and at this point, uh, Richard Jewell was not even that aware of of him himself being suspect number one. Like it wasn't like today, where like you turn on your phone and it's like, "Bam, CNN, you know, number one suspect is uh, uh-huh. Richard Jewell, fucking this fucking lonely motherfucker, <laughs> probably masturbating right now." <laughs> Don <laughs> Lemon just shaking his head, he's, like, he's uh, known to be a, a chronic masturbator. <laughs> Uh, he gets
1: the vacuum and just places it over yeah. the tip of his
2: penis. You, oh man, I always think—is there people that actually do that? Probably. That's that. I'm not gonna say I hadn't thought about, it, <laughs> but it, but it, I always think like that's gross. Like I always think like the vacuum itself is like gross. <laughs> anyway, that's how you get hepatitis. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's gross, dude. That's where all the fucking like that's where you pick up your fucking shit that fell on the ground dude like <laughs> like you're not gonna put down your dick the, the cleanest part of your body <laughs> the
1: holiest of holies
2: yeah i was like dude this is the cleanest part of my entire body this is my dick i'm not gonna dirty it up by putting the vacuums the vacuum's dirty as far <laughs> i'm tainted for life <laughs> <laughs> so Richard Jewell. So anyways, Richard Jewell is getting not that sucked aware. sucked out by he, a vacuum. He's very much into this vacuum cleaner. He's <laughs> not paying attention to what's going on in the news. But the FBI does show up to his door. He's and, getting sucked <laughs> off by a Kirby. And his mom is like, hey, Richard, uh, put the vacuum down. Um, stop vacuuming your room. The FBI is here. Um, <laughs> and he's like, all right, what's going on? So the FBI tells him, like, hey, we just want to do this like training protocol. Uh, we'll get you in here. We'll take a look at, you know, we just want our FBI agents to be trained as well as you're trained. Um, <laughs> you can bring the vacuum. It's fine. <laughs> like, you seem to be attached to it. But he's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'll leave it. So they go to the FBI headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the FBI headquarters, and they do this, like, training video. Where yes. Basically, they're, it's an integra- and. Interrogation. Interrogation, sorry, yeah. Um, and they're going down the line. They're basically um, just putting them on blast, like asking them these things, but very much like in this, like, oh, but don't worry, this is all for training purposes type mm-hmm. of thing. The head of the FBI at the time catches... catches Wind of it. Yeah, catches wind of this. Whim? Wind? 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 We're talking about vacuum, so we might as yeah. well put wind. Yeah, so um, he's aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> And he says, no, you need to do this right. His Miranda rights, Miranda rights need to be addressed. Yeah, they need to. Because one of the things, another thing, if a police officer ever asks questions and your Miranda rights are not read to you, you anything you said could be not used in court. So yeah. every everything could be like, whoop, you never read me my Miranda rights. So yeah. this, this is all. It's thrown out. Yeah, it's all out, especially if it's in, in this type of setting. So he says, no, we got to like, read him the, the Miranda rights right now. At this point, FBI agents come in and out, and they're like, okay, so we're just going to read your Miranda rights as kind of like a, also part of the training video. And then he's like, uh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. He does have, like, police training at this point. He is aware of that. He is aware of that once you read your, they read your Miranda rights, you are kind of... <laughs> Under it, almost it, arrest. Yeah. So, So he's like, you know what? I'm going to get a lawyer. So he calls his lawyer buddy, who is a real estate agent lawyer. Not yeah. even his forte, but... Does an excellent job at, at this point. Basically, goes in there, says like, "You guys are fucking up." The a-, and it's the FBI. I keep I keep forgetting that it's the fucking FBI yeah. that's making all these like dumb mistakes. But it says like, "Is is he a suspect? If he's not a suspect, my my client's out of here. Like he, we're, yeah. we're done. We're done with you guys. We're not answering any more questions." So he gets him out of there and basically like, basically says like, "Dude, you're not talking to anybody anymore. Like I'm handling all this shit from now on." Mm-hmm. And it, I really think if it wasn't for that, like that, this dude would have been like, "Oh, dude, falsely like, imprisoned." Yeah, yeah, it's like, dude, you're going to jail, and there's no fucking vacuum cleaners in there, dude. <laughs> 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 and that's the YouTube <laughs> clip right there. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> they got that bullshit dirt devil, maybe got, like in they an they old got, maintenance closet. They got closet. one dirt
2: devil, and like forty dudes share that one. So. <laughs> His community <laughs> belongs to the streets. Good luck, bro. <laughs> um, Yeah, so he's basically like, getting, I wouldn't say like, you know, suspect number one at this point. What's that one lady? She's like really famous. Nancy Grace. Nancy yes. Grace, before Nancy Grace becomes who she is today, she comes out and she's like, I think he fucking did it. it he yeah. looks like a fucking pervert that would be using the fucking dirt devil. Um. <laughs> 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 like what? What kind of what kind of vacuum? <laughs> what kind of vacuum is this guy? Are you are you a dirt devil guy kind of thing? Like, are you a Hoover or a dude, dirt devil? What's that really strong one? The one that that Kirby. dude is it Kirby? The one where he like has a va- uh, a bowling ball and he's like sucking it up. Oh, with, Dyson, Dyson. Oh my God, dude, that, that suck would, your dick pfft, right off. Done, you're done, dude. Yeah, you're a eunuch at that you're, point. You're done, bro. you you're gotta, You got to pee out of like a. A hole, basically. Yeah, a catheter. It's going everywhere. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, um, yeah. So he's he's basically, you know, media has basically convicted him at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, prove it until a uh, guilty until proven otherwise. At this mm-hmm. point, so it's it's a scary time, and this is before the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I You know, you got to ask yourself, like, is this more of a, just a human nature type of thing that we like to convict people?
1: Well, I think it was also the beginning of, like, the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. So, I mean, CNN, I think the Fox News was actually, this was their first year of broadcast. Uh, MSNBC, like, all these, like, 24-hour news, like, networks were starting to, like, get popular. Like, it was this event as well as like 911 which really like put him over like the edge of like being like you know the influence over fucking popular opinion.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean it was kind of a shitty time to be him to be quite honest with yeah. you. I mean um hold on a second let me send a quick text message. But um the the FBI kind of starts, you know, realizing that they've, they've made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think the big thing is too, like the lawyer, the real estate lawyer, he found out that there was that nine eleven or nine nine one one call that came in. I believe it was like 26 minutes before, yeah. um, You know, Richard Jewell was like actually like like escorting people out, like like while they figured like the time frame or whatever. It was just like it was impossible because they actually like triangulated like where that 911 call came from. It was like from from phone booth like miles down the road from where, like, Richard Jewell was at. And it was like, it would have been impossible for him to make that 911 call as well as escort everybody out, uh, you know, of the concert at that time. Plus, I mean, he's a portly guy. Segways aren't a thing yet. Like, you know, it's not – any there's, this <coughs> doesn't make any sense, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it really doesn't make any sense. Um You know, you, you kind of feel bad for him at this point because he is going through hell. I mean, there's that sound clip that I'm sure – I don't know if you want to put it at the very beginning of the episode where he says, like – for the last 48 days, I have been in hell. Yeah. And my mother has too, or something like that. And it's just like, it's really sad. Like you hear the, I was going to do vacuum cleaner joke <laughs> right there, but... But I decided not to. And I decided taste. to take the higher road.
1: <laughs> um, but, um, well, it was fucked up because, like, you know, they 24 hours of news coverage, like, there was like all of these networks, like, camped outside of his little apartment. I even saw something, too, that, you know, one news reporter, they rented the fucking apartment right across from him and his mom's apartment yeah. just to survey them. So, like, for like, wh- however many days it was, like, 44 days or whatnot, they were just watching them nonstop, fucking. You know, insert fucking you know vacuum joke here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a stressful time, and, and masturbating does does is a distressor. So that vacuum cleaner was on like twenty four hours a day, <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, "Dude, we're not getting any evidence." The vacuum cleaner's on; it just keeps scrambling it just distorts our reception. everything. He's a genius. He's distorting our, our communication. <laughs> a goddamn Ted Kaczynski on her hands. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> At this point, you know the FBI is starting to look a little bit like egg on their face. Uh, the evidence is not looking in favor of what what they're trying to prove here. You know he wasn't at the correct time when when the payphone was called. He there is no other evidence. It doesn't look like there's anything else showing any kind of like thing that it would link him to to him building a pipe bomb to begin with. Correct. Um, you know the FBI. He he pleads to the president of the United States. I think his mom also pleads to the president of the United States. Like, hey, you need to clear my son. Can you guys do a public um, apology? A public apology, which I think is the very least you can do. Um, but. Basically, I don't know if any uh, a few of the a few of them start doing public apologies. His local newspaper, though, I think is The
1: Atlanta Constitution.
2: Yeah, they're the ones who like never back down though. Yeah, like everybody else, either like settles out of court, just sends them like here's a thousand dollars. He actually gets really shitty like compensation. Yeah, it's so bad. Like I don't know if that's just the '90s and they weren't. I'm not accounting for inflation, but even then, like. Some of them were like in the thousands, where it's like, oh, you get like uh, forty two thousand, which is like here's dude, a fruit basket and a hundred dollars. Yeah, like I think the highest one was like forty two thousand, and that was like mm. the highest one. And his
1: lawyers ended up eating up most of
2: that. Yeah, and it's like, okay, that's lawyer fees. That's you. You better hold on to that forty two thousand because that's like, and he's unemployed. Yeah, I'm sure forty two thousand for a, for a year in in for a year's wage in in the nineties was like you know the equivalent of like eighty ninety thousand today. Um, but still like, that's not a lot. Like that's, you got a year. It took him a while to get back on his feet to like get a job again.
1: And you got to remember too, that the FBI came in and searched, um, his house, his mom's house. And like totally like kind of like ransacks the place. Like you get like that visual of them, like cutting open the pillows or whatever, and like jacking off into the fucking shower curtain or whatever. But like, (laughs) And it's kind of what happened, and like, there's a 60 Minutes clip, and it kind of made me laugh. I mean, I should, probably shouldn't laugh because it's fucked up, but like, the mom was like, "They took all my Tupperware, they took all my my, my intimates, and they took all my Disney tapes." And I was like, "Oh, dude, dude that's, that's funny, nah, dude." That's, now, now
2: she's got to wait till the bolt b- opens the, back up. The, the Disney bolt <laughs> opens, it, or like
1: Disney Plus gets invented like 30 years later. Um, and then later on, like in that 60 Minutes, uh, uh, how it ends is, you know, like whoever the fucking 60 Minutes reporter was is like. And to this day, they have not returned her 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 Tupperware, her intimates, or her Disney tapes. And I was like, Dude, "Oh my god, that's fucked up."
2: Somebody is holding on to those like Pinocchio VHSs with it still has all that racist shit in there. <laughs> where they
1: just keep dropping the N bomb, <laughs> the fucking song of the South and shit. Yeah. yeah, I was like,
2: "Damn, you had that version. I had the version where Pinocchio says the N word." <laughs> 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 That's a hard one to find. That's, yeah, they're never taking that <laughs> one out of the ball. only had, like, one of those. <laughs> and I had it,
1: <laughs> sir. Now that's proper to the f
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the why they held on to it. But, yeah, I mean, you start to just feel bad. He, he you know, to, I, I do want to focus a little more on him than the actual bomber because the actual bomber, we'll, we'll touch on him a little bit, but Richard Jewell, you know, you know, he does, you know, he does save up some of this money that he gained. Mm. You know, 42,000 was the highest one I think he got, but he also got like seven other places that had to pay him. I think I
1: think CNN later like but way later like he he gets like 200,000 or 500,000 from CNN. But uh-huh. again, lawyers fees and all sorts of, yeah. you know, recouping your life kind of thing, you know, gobbles that up. So he doesn't really get he doesn't net that much from it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he he does do a little bit cuz at the, at some point he does become a small town cop in another like a uh, like a place that's like 500 miles south of Atlanta mm-hmm. or something like that. And he does like string together enough money to have like a, a little farm. He actually gets like a little farm himself. He gets married. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, He gets married. He he starts, you know, he moves to another little town where he becomes uh, like a, uh, a sheriff's deputy or something like that. Like he's, he's doing all right. He's living the dream. He wanted, mm-hmm. he wanted to be a cop. He wanted to serve his, his, his community and he's doing that he's very much doing that that was his dream he's doing he's he's married now he owns his like very nice little little ranch farm thing which sounds like a, a very pleasant thing to have on your days off just hang out there um but the shitty part and i talked to jacob about this is he dies at age 44 i think mm-hmm. it was super fucking young mm-hmm. like 44 he dies of a heart attack which i can only imagine after years of stress after years of like of being put under like a microscope of like your name being tarnished correct i'm sure it weighs on you
1: yeah and not only that like just the reputation that that carries like he he said like in that interview we were talking about they asked him you know like do you think that you'll ever have a career in law enforcement And he's like unfortunately i don't think i will and then i mean yeah eventually he does But, I mean, imagine, like, that fight, you know, to get back in the good graces. Because up until I did, like, the research, like, I still thought that, like, he was the actual bomber. I thought this episode was going to be like, all right, there was a bombing at the Olympics. The Olympics are going on right now. Why don't we cover it? I had no idea that it was like somebody else was actually the real bomber. Yeah. That wasn't sexy news, you know, because it was just like it was sexier to think like, oh, like this guy had a hero complex, planted a bomb and wanted to, you know, to get everybody else to make himself the hero after getting, you know, shit on by Piedmont College. who even threw him under the yeah, bus as well. That,
2: that was another one of those things that just like, oh, yeah, he was weird, dude. He kept fucking arresting people and hanging out in the locker room with a fucking vacuum cleaner. <laughs> But the the funny thing is, he looked the part of the bad guy. He looked at Ted Kaczynski, the the lone wolf kind of thing, like the FBI. or Ed
1: Kemper. Like I kept getting those vibes too. Yeah,
2: yeah. He he looked the part of like that loser that's gonna blow something up. Uh huh. And the reality, and it's like now let's get into the guy that actually did it. His name is uh, Eric Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Eric Rudolph looks like fucking Ben Affleck, and it's yeah, <laughs> and it's like he he does not look the part. He does not like seem like that kind of guy. Yet he was like this kind of like old Timothy school McVay conservative, motherfucker, yeah. yeah. Like he was all fucking whacked in the head. Had this like weird thing about like abortion clinics, and he wanted to like, you know, he has this god awful quote that I, I mentioned earlier. I I wanted to reference from something earlier where he's like, "I only want to um like hurt murderers or something like that." But yeah. he he himself is like a fucking murderer. He killed that girl. I know that that other guy that suffered a heart attack while trying—he was a cameraman that was rushing over to cover the bombing, and he mm. had a heart attack. Which I—that's another one of those things that's like, dude, that's fucking, yeah, shitty for that dude because he didn't die like
1: as a result of. Yeah,
2: it was like, dude, you died because you fucking t- did not do like. He was older, but like that's kind of shitty. Like his death was just kind of like, dude, that's like to me like that's one of the top ten worst ways to die. Where, yeah. like, dude, you didn't even die. You, I'd rather die in the 9-11 towers than like Yeah,
1: then <laughs> Mac Jack and the heart attack and <laughs> yeah. then you have a heart attack. Oh my
2: yeah. god. <laughs> He's taking this whole heart attack thing too far. <laughs> yeah. But um but yeah, I mean Eric Rudolph when you know, this could have been an Eric Rudolph episode, but Eric Rudolph himself is like the fucking like blandest, like fucking
1: stereotypical like like what we just covered um you know, the Oklahoma City bombing. Like just apply everything that we said about fucking Timothy McVeigh but former, semi- mi- former, semi- mili- former military. Uh-huh. Fucking get dishonorably discharged. He's an explosives expert. Uh, he he was a wild uh, wildlife like he, he very much was into like survivalism like living out in the wilderness and shit like that just uh, very much against like the new you know Clinton regime that you know the Olympics like it wasn't about the games it's about spreading you know global socialism uh, like you said very much against abortion because he was like the super conservative we're not even talking about like Newt Gingrich or fucking Ted Cruz like version of fucking conservatism we're talking about like super far right where it's just like I'm gonna kill people who kill Babies, like, kind of thing, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, very much against like gays and homosexuals because he actually bombs three other places, two of them were abortion clinics, and one of them was a lesbian nightclub. Um, yeah. kills people there just for fucking living there, letting their freak flag fly, you know.
2: I, I thought the uh, the uh, lesbian nightclub thing was kind of funny just because, um, you know, if we're gonna get into like the psychology of it, I, and I don't want to go too far into that because, yeah, he's I, I, gotta, I gotta get going here pretty soon, but um. <laughs> I thought it was uh I thought it was funny because one of the things that like you know serial killers will often go after is like, um like, w- you know if if they're killing, uh, if they're killing women then you know it's like a man you know like this is what they're after and I always thought like ooh that whole lesbian thing almost seems like it it was like. Why can't I have women? Kind of thing. Like, why are they lesbian? Why won't they date me? Kind of thing. And I the want talk a scissor shit, too. Yeah, it's like, oh man, they they won't fucking return my phone calls, and they're in this nightclub fucking each other. <laughs> no way, man. I'm tired of this fucking vacuum cleaner. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just he sponsored just, by Hoover. Yeah, I mean, he just did, he just seems like a bland guy. That's why the topic's not really about him because it was like, dude, you fucking sucked.
1: And then I think the way he gets caught, too, is, like, uh, after one of the bombings at one of these places, uh, somebody uh, somebody notices, like, him just casually walking away from the explosion. Uh, They take down, like, his description as well as, like, his license plate. The FBI gets a hold of this. They are able to identify him and he goes on the run for five years. The FBI is like going through like the Appalachian Mountains, like, you know, combing and searching for him. And due to his like extensive like military and survivalism training, like, he's able to evade him for quite a while until a rookie cop in North Carolina catches him, you know, digging through some trash like behind like some supermarket, you know, thinking that like he's, uh, you know, about to, you know, break into, you know, the supermarket, the piggly wiggly, if you will. And, um, You know, he picks him up, he throws him in the, you know, and runs all of his information. He's like, oh, shit, you're, like, number one on the FBI most wanted list or whatever. So he gets, like, caught by this fucking rookie cop or whatever. Um, Makes a deal with the government, you know, because they they're going to fucking, they were going to execute him. He was going to be executed. Makes a deal for life in prison. I believe it's, like, four consecutive life sentences, sentences plus 120 years on top of that with no possibility of parole. Uh, his sister was like, dude, like that's the, that's even worse than death because the very government that he hated now literally has control of all of his life. He's in like that supermax uh, facility in Colorado where like the Unabomber's at, like most of the nine 11, you know, bombers are at like all these like crazy ass dudes are at like the, the prison, like, you know, the federal prison of federal prisons. He's in there. He's locked up for like 23 hours out of the day. Um, and then his brother—that's why I was asking before we started recording. Do you see anything about the brother? Uh, the brother and the mother were very much like they're all crazy, like they're all super right-wing conservative fucking you know weirdos. And they're like, we we would never, we would never condone you know anything like this. And to make a, a protest against like his incarceration, the brother actually fucking cuts off his left hand, wow. like on live TV and shit. And I was like, holy fuck, like this family's fucking nuts, and. Uh, you know they reattach his hand or whatever you know so he can you know put the vacuum his brother can <laughs> put the vacuum away he can start you know you sm- get himself a stranger at this point yeah but um yeah like you, you dive into his family and it's just like oh they're just like really shitty fucking white supremacist people and shit and it's just like good you know fuck i'm, gl- I'm glad they got the right person but like art was saying it's just like he's not worth like giving too much more you know attention to because it, the shitty thing is is that uh, the the whole narrative of this story is that like Richard Jewell dies, very much the face of the fucking Olympic bombing, and even up until like last week, I thought Richard Jewell was the fucking bomber when it was actually Eric Rudolph, and no media attention has been you know placed upon that, like very little if any.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know he got caught. He got caught in like 2003 or something like that. Yeah. And I had no fucking idea. Maybe it made like CNN's like crawler or whatever. I was like, dude, I have no idea who this Eric Rudolph guy is. Yeah, I didn't even know we had the Olympics. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. I was just like, yeah, he's kind of an afterthought. He's and yeah, he's he's bland. He's like a bland Timothy McVeigh. Like Mm -hmm. Timothy McVeigh at least had like interesting things. He was like top of his like class or whatever, and like sniper, and like he was the leader of the Bradley vehicle unit or something like that, and like all this stuff. This guy was just like okay, a bunch of things, and it was like, dude, you fucking suck, man. Like, mm-hmm. n- not to say like, oh, there's cool killers and there's bad kill, like lame killers. Yeah, no, I know, I know what but, you mean. But, but, um, but he's just like, he just wouldn't like everything about him was just like, dude, you fucking suck. Even your arguments suck. Like, even when we covered, um the unibomber, i was like dude this guy's making great arguments <laughs> like this guy's arguments are like i want to fucking destroy abortion clinics by like destroying humans and it's like what are you talking about like your argument's fucking stupid you have the argument of like some angry teenage boy yeah it's like shut the fuck up man like you're just a waste man like yeah. i was like not even having yeah not having this shit yeah he can
1: fuck off and die yeah dude. yeah yeah Hopefully one of the 9/11 bombers catches him outside yeah, and dude, fucking shanks him in the nutsack I, or some shit.
2: I don't know what Colorado prison he's in, but I know for a fact I, I'm reading it right here. It's like Colorado um, does not allow vacuums in prison. Uh, it's like <laughs> as per as per Bill Clinton signed. Yeah, so it just doesn't allow any any vacuums in prison. <laughs> Shout out to Bill shout out to, i can't do it anymore because
1: <laughs> shout out to bill clinton man uh maybe we might do volume two of the clinton uh fucking diaries or whatever but art do you have anything else you want to add to this topic
2: uh no tell your mom your boo too um shout out elizabeth jackman tell born shout out uh the us and the women's basketball teams keep doing what you're doing
1: Yeah. so uh with that said everybody um art this was an amazing episode i uh, can't wait to edit this one together <laughs> Put vacuum references all over Uh, but guys uh follow go ahead and follow us on all the social medias at art and jacob do america except for twitter we are at art and jacob do a1 apparently i can change that but i'm not i've said it too many times now so that's it is what it is guys Um, you know follow us on on uh, t public go ahead and um, if you want some of our merch uh, check us out at art and jacob do america buy one of our shirts uh not so much because you know we'll get 25 cents from that purchase but because it helps promote our podcast uh, you, whatever you're doing. If you're working out in the oil fields or you're working out at the gym or you're buying fucking a Hoover vacuum at Target, people see that shit. They want to know like, hey, what, what's this Art and Jacob Do America podcast? I don't know, but they'll fucking make you want to go buy a Hoover vacuum the next day. Uh, so with that said too, guys, <laughs> if you want to hear some other great podcasts, we are official members of the Podbelly Network. Uh, so go ahead and check them out. Uh, we were talking on our Patreon um, about Sofa King. They did a really good episode about you know the history of punk rock that i was totally digging so check them out
2: um also check out my homeboy eddie from the rbg podcast dude that guy's doing like crazy big interviews man i'm I always know. like dude that that is like stressful i guess like what if he can't book an interview or whatever but i'm always like dude like all you know he will have dudes from ministry on there like fucking panteras on here like yeah I think he got bill clinton on there one time <laughs> yeah. i was like dude eddie like how do you book these people like he's got but,
1: the magic touch man Yeah,
2: man he's got good communication skills he got it and
1: mean, i think he really does have a dyson vacuum yeah
2: so. he should we should just put like a little vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you know you know kind yeah. of thing uh and if you guys if you want to support this podcast uh go ahead and check check out our patreon where we put together a bonus episode for you guys every single week Uh, All we ask is, you know, just throw us $1 our way and we'll get that out to you as well. Some sticker packs and whatever I get sent from our random sponsors of the day. So uh, with that said, I don't got anything else. Art is over here trying to go to an L.A. Galaxy game, so I'm not going to hold you hostage any longer. But guys, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. Good night. Good night. As the media watched, Jewel and his mother were forced out of the apartment while the FBI searched for evidence inside. What'd they take out of your apartment? Uh, They took Richard's guns, which he has always hunted, he deer hunts. Then they took all of my
0: Tupperware, I mean every piece of Tupperware. They took 22 of my Walt Disney tapes. People will never forget my name. People will be 90 years old that were at the Olympic Games and go, do you remember when that bomb went off that Jewel fella that they accused of that? Do you remember that? And people will be going, yeah, I remember that. Can you believe all that? It will never end, sir.
1: By the way, Mrs. Jewel says the FBI has still not returned her Tupperware or her Disney tapes. No one can do better like this. That. And, uh, it's like that and like this and like that,
0: manner. Uh, it's like this. Then who gives a fuck about vote? So just chill to the next episode.